Priyanka and Rhea are best friends. Morgan and Mercedes are daughter and mother. They are just four of the voices you are about to hear in eight short interviews created during the inaugural Story Seeds on-air podcasting camp this summer. Their interviews capture moments of curiosity, lifelong passions, and new perspectives on the familiar. I'm Claudia Haynes, the camp instructor. I'm so pleased to introduce this special bonus episode of Story Seeds. It offers a small glimpse of the learning and making these young people accomplished and the seeds they planted to inspire the creation of their own full-blown podcasts. The beauty of the interviews you're about to hear is that they are unabashedly biased. Campers between the ages of 8 and 15 ask intimate questions about the interviewees whom they know well, and in the process reveal small gems about themselves. Our aspiring podcasters learned from expert guests and each other the art and technical skills they need to amplify their voices and broadcast their ideas into community conversations, big and small. Let's take a listen. This is our recording of an interview that we are going to ask each other questions on. So yeah. I'm going to be starting by asking Rhea a few questions about herself. So you already heard her name, but let's hear it from her again. Rhea, what is your full name? Rhea Namar Kalia Mughal. Where are you from? Assam, India. And where were you born? Jackson Heights. No, sorry. Manhattan. Okay. And what is your favorite color? Um, I like navy blue, probably. And what is your favorite subject in school? Lunch. How old are you? Nine. Would you say that you're an introvert, introvert, extrovert, or in the middle? I say I'm an extrovert. Mm hmm And what would be a super cool fun fact about you? Um, I have a dog. His name's Edison. He's 10 years old, and my dog is older than me in 10 years. Okay, and currently, what is your favorite show? Um, Top three. Avatar The Lost Airbender, Legend of Korra, and Miraculous, The Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. Okay, and um, let me think of a good question to ask you. Mm. Describe yourself in three words. Mm. Rhea Kalita Mughal. There. <laughs> So you're very you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks to for listening to this segment of our recording of me asking Rhea questions about herself. Hey. Um. Well, you guys know me. I was just interviewed. Well, now I'm gonna interview Priyanka. Um. So you know her name, but once again, what's your name? Full name, please. 
Priyanka Vidya Bhagavan. When were you born? December 12th. And what's your favorite book? My favorite book is probably the Harry Potter series. Okay. And I'm also currently reading the Avatar graphic novels, which I am in love with. <laughs> and what's your favorite hobby? Or do you have a hobby? I do have a hobby, and my hobby is art and crafts. So I love creating things, designing things, sketching things, painting things, etc. And what's your favorite dessert food? Dessert food? Hmm, that's tough. Well, I do love ice cream, and I do love macaroons and cookies. Um, okay, two more questions for you. Alright. How close do you live to me? Hmm, very close. Let's see. My garden cuts into your backyard. Well, garage area. And it's separated by? A fence. One singular fence. Mm-hmm. And who designed that fence? Your friend, Julian. Okay, and that concludes our interview today. Thanks so much for listening. Also, um, disclaimer, I also climbed that fence, so yeah. <laughs> okay, peace. interviewing my mom. Okay. When did you want to start Storytopia? Um, I wanted to start Storytopia probably about four years ago when you were about four. Um, and for, for those people who are listening and wondering what Storytopia is, it was an idea for um, like a podcast audio tool to help kids navigate like all the podcasts that are out there. Um, when I first started thinking about this idea, um, you were probably like four and we just started listening to podcasts together and there weren't actually a lot of really, really great podcasts for kids yet. Not like there are today. And it was really hard to find um, and listen to all of them before you got to listen to them. And so I came up with this sort of idea of creating a company that would help kids and families find awesome podcasts that are a really good fit for them. Why do you like podcasts? Oh, gosh. I have loved audio stories since way before podcasts were a thing and even before there was technology to do podcasts. Um, I, when I was younger, worked at a radio station when I was a teenager and have always loved audio stories on radio um, and really just love um interviewing people and talking to people and I'm very inquisitive. And some of my favorite podcasts are just people interviewing other people and learning about things um, that they didn't know about. So I love podcasts because it opens my world to things that I wouldn't be exposed to in my community or um, my day-to-day -day life. Why do you, do you want to move to Seattle? Well, I grew up in Oregon, as you know, and then I went to school um, for college 
uh, away from Oregon. Um, and then I lived in New York. And after I lived in New York, I really wanted to be closer to my family. And a lot of my friends from school were in Seattle. Um, and some friends that I grew up with lived here. So I thought, what a beautiful place. And that was many, many, many years ago. Um, and since I've been here, there's not another place that I've wanted to live. Um, are you going to use sound effects in the Q&A show? Um, well, if we do the Q&A show, which, by the way, I think is a really great idea. Um, and for those of you listening, Anna and her cousin Quentin um, came up with an idea for like an interview show. <laughs> um, maybe I was hinting that you guys would we make a really awesome show. And the idea of the name came to me when I was thinking, if you did an interview show, how awesome would it be um, if you called it the Q&A show for Quentin and Anna? Um, and the question, I think your question is, am I going to use sound effects? I would. I mean, like, for, like, if somebody does, when we interview somebody and they do, like, if they're funny, we could do a laugh track. Laugh, yeah, yeah. Laugh track. Or if we're interviewing somebody about animals, like a farm or something, we could do animal sounds or farm sounds for it. Yeah. I think if we did a show like that, I would want your help and Quintus help deciding what kind of sound went into the show. Um, and one of the really cool things about making your own podcast is that you get to be your own producer. So you could make the list of questions um, and Quentin can make his own list of questions. And then you could take turns interviewing someone or a group of people. And then once all those interviews are done, you can take turns editing and deciding together what kind of sound you would want in your episode. So while I think um, sound effects would be really cool, ultimately it would be up to you to decide what you want to put in your podcast. Well, thank you for interviewing me. You're welcome. Bye. Hello, I'm Ella, and I am interviewing my mother. Say hello. Hi. So the first question I'm going to ask you is, when did you learn how to cook? I learned to cook probably, it was really just different moments throughout my life. There's not one specific time where I learned everything. I remember being a young girl, probably about seven years old, and learning how to make a French omelet. But then it wasn't really until my 20s, when I was living on my own, that I began to really start to cook a lot and cook for myself often. Um, so that's the answer to that. And how did you learn how to cook? Did someone teach you? So like I said, when I was very young, I learned how to make a French omelet by watching my mother. Um, and then when I was in my 20s, I watched a lot of Food Network. That was very popular at the time, and I watched that a lot. Um, and I would experiment on my own, and I would ask my mother and my sister questions over the phone. And that's pretty much how I know whatever it is I know about cooking. Cool. So what is your favorite thing to cook? My favorite thing to cook? My favorite thing to cook is anything I can cook when it's just for fun, and it just sounds like something really delicious to eat. 
So there's not a particular type of food. I like, I enjoy cooking the most when it's recreational and not for necessity. Mm-hmm. Kind of talking about the opposite of that, do you have any stories of cooking mishaps? <laughs> well, this is a story your father loves to tell. I, it was actually before I was living on my own, but I was still in school living in a dorm. And I was dating your father and we were going to spend the weekend together and I decided to make a traditional Jewish dish called kugel. And I made that and I packed it because I was packing to go away with him. And my hairspray in my bag leaked all over the kugel. And then, you know, I took it out later when we got to where we were going to serve it to him. And obviously it was not edible. (laughs) Um, so other than don't pack your food with your hairspray, do you have any <laughs> cooking advice that you think that everyone should know? Um, I would say it's always a good idea. Ovens are very inconsistent. So just because a recipe calls for a specific temperature, your oven may not be, you know, it could be an old oven and it's not really working that well. There could be all kinds of things that affect temperature. So I would say it's a good idea to have a general idea based on when and how high, the, how long it should cook and how high the temperature should be. But the best thing is to have things you're looking for to know when it's ready and done. And if you are cooking something like a turkey or a very big piece of meat, it's very good to use a thermometer to check the temperature. Awesome. Thank you. My name is Ahan. I like studying history, reading, writing, drawing, and my favorite color is black. Hello, Mother Smithabora. Thank you for letting me interview you. It is such a great honor. I feel as if you have a lot of stories that you can tell in your career, and it should be shared to the world. So can you please tell us what made you become a Hotria dancer? So yes, I practice a um, 500-year-old tradition, and as you rightly said, it, it is called Hotria. It's from the Hindu monasteries of Northeast India. And I was introduced to this dance form when I was four years old um, in my village where I was raised as a child. And um, the village itself was a nerve center of performing arts and our village uh, temple priest actually recruited me to play little Krishna and um, that's essentially how I my journey began but um, you know I moved from the village uh, when I grew up and and I was disconnected and I didn't have access to teachers so there was a big break in between and I studied other forms but um, I went back to studying Hotria as an adult, uh, because when I moved away from home, I was always looking for identity and for groundedness. And Hotria uh, gave me that, you know, it it is my um, place of comfort. Um, The movements help me tell stories about my people. Uh, It also um, gives me, you know, a tremendous sense of identity. Thank you. And what is your greatest accomplishment of all those years? What is the greatest accomplishment that you consider is the highlight of all those years as a Hotria dancer? 
Oh, I, I would say, you know, a um, couple of years ago, I think it was 2017. Well, let's backtrack. Um, back in 2002, when I was training in the monastery and, uh, you know, I just randomly shared with my teacher how I had this dream of, of bringing my teacher and, you know, I specifically said like 10 monks to the United States and on a tour where I could showcase them and, and perform with them. Um, and, and they had never been here. And I was naive at that time. And I did not know, you know, I knew it was a wishful thinking because bringing 10 monks here is no easy feat. You know, it's very expensive. And fast forward um, to 2016, 2017, I just chanced upon this um, sacred textile that is connected with the monks and the tradition in uh, at the museum, at the uh, Philadelphia Museum of Art. And, um, and uh, you know, I wrote a grant, the project got funded, and I was able to realize my dream. So I, I did bring in three of my teachers and seven other monks, and we performed all over the East Coast, um, in you know, in major venues, and and I felt, you know, I really see that because we also um, got reviewed by mainstream press, and and um, just the joy of uh, bringing my teachers to my adopted home, and and um, dancing in front of my adopted community here is is uh you know what i felt was a huge um um satisfaction for me that that seems pretty amazing um and what challenges did you face as a hotria dancer so the challenges are many um you know to be someone performing an art form away from its nerve center, right? I'm, I'm away from my teachers and it's a constant struggle to be connected uh, to what is going on uh, in the monastery. It's a living tradition and art is a living, breathing thing, right? So things change and I only visit the monastery once a year. Um, so uh, that that definitely is a challenge to be away and to still um, keep getting inspired to practice. Um, and um, also the fact that it is a dance form that lives in male bodies. You know, it was celibate monks who preserved this dance form for 500 years in their bodies. It's an oral tradition. And to be bearer of these movement as as a woman and how does it live in my body, that has always been challenging. Uh, and also, how do you how do you offer a, a very traditional, uh, almost alien art form in in front of a Western audience? Um, so, you know, these are challenges, but these are also. Um, I guess these are also things that push me, you know, to do better and, and, and to strive um, to make those connections. Hi, I'm Shalini Marquez and I live in Harlem. I'm 10 years old and today I'm going to be interviewing my mom about her um, interest and in passion.
Hi, I'm Swathi Karana, and I'm Shawnee's mom. <laughs> so, um, mom, what's your, like, passion besides tutoring, because you're a tutor? Well, I love listening to, and I'm making a podcast. So, your interest is podcasting. Nice. Right. I think I share that in common with you and a lot of your friends. Yeah, we're all very into podcasting. How long have you been into doing podcasts? Well, I started writing a novel seven years ago. And two years ago, I thought, hey, I think this story might actually make an interesting podcast. So I've been writing it as a script since then. And I made a little trailer this year. Cool. Um, wait, so your little trailer, does it have actors or are you just talking about it? Well, the trailer has a script and there are some actors, but the actors are people that you might know. I think you're one of the actors in it. Oh, right. I play, um, I think the, the main character's name is Somali. Sonali. Sonali. Got it. And, um, she, right, I play her when she was, like, seven? Yes. That's cool. Um, who are the other actors and stuff? Are you one of them? Well, in that trailer, I played the narrator, but I think I'm actually going to find an actor because I can't really act that well. But the other actors are your grandparents. Um, okay, that's really cool. So, um... Who did, like, is there, like, music, the artwork, like, your trailer has to have those things, right? So who did, like, the music and artwork and stuff? The background stuff. Well, the music and the engineering was done by your dad, who's a musician. Right. I mean, he's a teacher, but he used to be a musician. Right. And I did um, the artwork. That is so cool. Okay, um, so, wait, you did? Um, I've seen your picture, it looks really cool. So how did you do the artwork? Um, well, with that particular artwork, I made just a collage of found pictures, and I cut them out, and then I did some typography, which is the letters as they're typed up. That's amazing. So, um, actually, that question leads me to um my other question what um how long what's your process to making podcasts well I'm really new to it so maybe you know after you learn a lot of stuff you can help me but I've taken a couple of classes and right now the main thing I'm doing is writing I'm writing scripts and then once I write the scripts then I'm going to have to figure out the rest of it you know maybe depends on whether there's COVID or not whether we can meet in a studio and record I'm not sure but right now I'm writing so there's I think going to be uh eight episodes and they're about 30 minutes each so they're pretty long Mm. yeah uh actually in camp we were talking about the good length of a podcast someone said about two hours so 
Your podcast is about 30 minutes, so this seems like a lot of fun. So your process is um, that? Yeah, my process is writing. Right cool. Now. So, um, what are you going to do when your podcast gets out there? Are you going to, like, have, like, two episodes a week or something like that? You know, that's a good question. Um, I'm making it independently, so I think I'll be able to make all the decisions. But my idea is to put them out either all at once or in two parts because I want people to experience it like they're reading a book over the weekend so they can dig into it. So maybe I'll do it in two or three weeks, but I don't think I'm going to do a weekly release of it. Oh, okay. Thank you for having this interview with me, Mom. And uh, oh, I, I actually have to go. So, Bye, Mom. Okay, bye. This is Amrita, and I'm interviewing my mom. Um, so, today we are going to be talking about music. So, my first question for you is, what kind of music did you listen to as a kid or my age? Hmm. So, when I was almost 12, which is what you are, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so when I was almost 12, I moved, I had just moved to America, uh, the year before, and I remember that was my summer going into seventh grade. Let's see. So at that age, I really loved my favorite artists were George Michael, Wham, Boy George, <laughs> Karma Chameleon. So those were a little bit earlier than that. But at that point, I think one of the bands I really loved was a Swedish band called Aha. And they had this song called Take On Me. Oh, yeah. Masi Tolan. Yeah. And, in fact, I went to see them in concert probably when I was in seventh grade at Radio City Music Hall. Um, So they might have been one of my favorite bands at that time, besides George Michael and Wham. Wham was very big in my life. Um, uh, And then the next question is, for what purposes have you used music? And then, like, some examples could be worship, performance, exercise, stress relief, etc. Hmm. Uh, All of the above? Do you want examples? Yeah. Okay, say the categories again. Um, well, you can always think of more categories, but it's worship, performance, exercise, stress relief, okay. etc. Yeah. Okay. So when I think of music, of course, there's like performance music, like playing instruments or singing, right? I love to sing. So I devotionally sing a lot of songs, English, other languages, Sanskrit, Hindi, in bhajans, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then performance... I mean, I'm not part of a theater group or anything, but I do perform for you. So when you were little, I would sing a lot of songs for you. That's I don't do that count. You can't, count. like, say nursery rhymes okay. kind of performance. Um, yeah, I used to be in, in, a, in a chorus years ago. It was called Psy Symphony, and we would get together on weekends. And so we that's would... technically still worship. 
It was worship, yeah. but it was a lot of fun too. Um, and then what was the other category? Stress relief? Yeah, just listening, singing in the shower, listening to music. I feel like music is a really big part of my life. Like my dad introduced me to a lot of artists. And when I was a little older than you, this is what I forgot to say. When I was seventh going into eighth grade, we had to do like a big project. And I, I did my big project on for eighth grade. Like my big research paper was on the history of rock and roll. So when I was a little older than you, I really discovered 50s and 60s music, like the Beatles and, um, you know, uh, just every artist from that period. So, yeah. Thank you. And then the last question is, how has your music taste changed from back then to today? And what is your favorite type of music today? Hmm. So... I don't know. I think I still, I really like this one radio station, 90.7 WFUV that I listen to. It's Fordham Radio. And I like it because it's a lot of independent singer songwriters. So I don't, now I think what's changed is I don't really know who I'm listening to (laughs) as much. I just know what I enjoy. Um, And so like the genre. The genre, yeah. So like independent folk, um, not super poppy but I like some pop like I like you know I like some of the popular music you like Dua Lipa I definitely like Dua Lipa yeah and who else do I like um I do like Ed Sheeran yeah I was about to say (laughs) that you like Ed Sheeran (laughs) and then I also like um who's the one with A uh I was gonna say Adonna (laughs) no um yeah I'm blanking out. See, this is the problem. Right now, I don't know singers and Can you musicians. give an example of... Hello. Oh, isn't that Adele? Adele, yes, Adele. See, Adele. Yeah. I also really like Hello by Lionel Richie, which was a song of the 80s. Um, I still like that. And I still really like that, yeah. So in the 80s, there were a lot of movies that came out that had a lot of music from the 60s. And so I also really like 60s music. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. The Beatles, always, forever. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for joining us, and it was very interesting to learn about what you enjoyed, some of which I knew, but some of that was, I, I had no idea. Yeah. I'm still waiting for you to make me your Spotify playlist. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. My name is Morgan. I'm from Alaska. And today I'm going to be interviewing my mom. What is your passion? Well, you know that I have always enjoyed writing and I love to read, and I think my passion has always been connecting with other people through language, which means means I spend a lot of my spare time writing and connecting with other writers and sharing ideas with other writers and creative people. Sometimes this means I'm working on a project like a grant. Other times it means I'm working on an essay for publication. And I think that answers your, your question. Um, when did you learn that that was your passion? My 
biggest fear in life before I started kindergarten was that I would not learn how to write, that I would not learn the physical act of making letters and turning them into words. And then once I could do that, I would sit with my Shel Silverstein book of poems and I would on a Saturday and I would read the whole book over and over again and then I would practice writing my own poems and I did uh, I did that all all through elementary school and in and, and into high school and college and then later on I went to graduate school for poetry and how old were you how old was I when I went to graduate school no how old when you how old were you when you found out that this was your passion well, the fear of not being able to write was probably when I was four, but then I think it was always there. My parents were both readers and writers, and my dad, your grandpa, as you know, used to write letters to the editor every week, and I still have all of my mother's journals. She wrote quite a bit when she was in her 20s. What are some of the things that you enjoy about what you just said, and what are some of the things um, that are trickier? So I'll start with the tricky first. Sometimes it can be challenging to make time for creative projects. It's easier to make time for things that you, you have to do, and sometimes it's hard to put the world on pause. So one way I do that, as you know, I get up early and I write um, around 5 a.m. and before the day starts. And what was the other part of the question? Um, what are some of your favorite parts about what you just said? What are my some of my favorite parts? Well, mm -hmm. mornings are just the best. My mind is the most still and open in the mornings. What's the rule in the house when you come down the stairs? Uh, you can't talk until mom's ready. <laughs> because usually um, I'm reading or I'm writing and I need that still time. But I try to get it mostly, uh, mostly while you're still sleeping. Um, and I find that new ideas come best in the mornings and then in the afternoons, um, I will often take time to to edit and to work on uh, projects in that kind of capacity. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you would like to say? Um, I I think you asked me more about the pros of writing, and I don't know if I really addressed that. And I think that there's no better feeling than when you've nailed it. You know, the Olympics just happened and we watched a lot of people nail it. Do you remember watching uh, mm -hmm. Lydia? Do you remember the look on her face when she turned around and saw? Yep. Mm-hmm. What did, what did her face say? Wow, mm -hmm. I just accomplished a lot of my goals. Mm-hmm, that's always an amazing feeling. And you don't have to be in the, the Olympics for that, but there's a sense, whatever your passion is, you know when you've, when you've done something really right. And also, there's a lot of things you can't control in the world, most things you can't control, but you can control what words you use on the page, what order you put them in, what ideas you privilege, and that is a really empowering feeling to me. Um, 
the poet Samuel Coleridge said that prose is putting words in the best order and poetry is putting the best words in the best order. And I actually think all writing is about putting the best words in the best order. Okay. I hope you enjoyed listening to these interviews by the next generation of podcasters. This special episode of the Story Seats podcast is produced by me, Claudia Haynes, and our summer intern, Ella Rose Frankel. Editing and sound design is by Alyssa Batiste. Story Seeds is a literary safari production, and we'll be back on October 28th with a new episode brought to you by Macmillan Publishing, featuring Katherine Applegate, author of The One and Only Ivan and her new book, Willow Dean. If you'd like more information about Story Seeds and our podcasting camps and classes, visit www.storyseedspodcast.com. Mm-hmm.